Hey, and welcome back to the Young Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. Let's get right into it. This is the podcast for young makers, by young makers, and about young makers. Well, for everyone, because everyone was a young maker once. So, it's it's early today, you guys. My guest with me today, who I'll be introducing in a second, is, uh, he lives in the UK, so they're, I want to say, seven hours ahead ish so it's nine o'clock here i never record this early uh, i got coffee today instead of water and we're just gonna see if i'm awake enough to make good conversation so let's just make a quick apology in advance and you know see what i've got in the tank but it's a sleepy saturday morning or tuesday morning if you're listening to it but anyways my guest with me today is definitely worth waking up early for i'd like to introduce you guys to henry lee hi kensei thanks for having me on Oh, yeah. any time. So, I just became aware of you recently. I think you followed me, or uh, yeah, through that so, that ha- Young Makers Collective mm, thing. It was yeah. I think I found you from Charles Ford, who's a young knife maker from Devon. He set up an Instagram page uh, displaying young makers, and one of the posts was talking about the podcast. So I clicked on it and sort of gave you a follow and then you asked if I wanted to come on and of course I said yes yeah and I'm it happened really quickly so I'm really excited to have you on so um I'm glad that it all worked out really nicely so yeah. I honestly don't know a lot about you I know we've spoken just briefly before the episode um the listeners many of them probably don't know very much about you so would you like to just uh give us a quick rundown of what you do yeah, sure. So I'm 14 and I'm a wood turner primarily. I started just before the lockdown we went into, the first one in the UK, so about mid-February. Um, and just since then I've spent hundreds of hours turning and making stuff, upgrading my kit. Um, I've been really lucky actually, I've made a lot of money from it which has allowed me to buy new bits of machinery i've got a big band saw big lathe table saw planar thicknesser and i've sort of well i've had it couriered to me because i live in the middle of nowhere but i've yeah spent hours doing it really love doing it and then recently i've just started a new business supplying wood uh, blockworks underscore uk on instagram uh for knife makers and pen turners because well wood is my passion really and i'd love doing it uh so you've come a long way really quickly i've been looking at your instagram which is handcraft uk i believe yeah that's it yep so everybody go follow him because you're doing some really like when i first saw you i assumed you know three or four years sort of the average young maker time span you started when you were 11 or so and you know, you've been working up to where you are now for a long time, and that's what it looks like. And you're doing a lot of stuff. You're doing some of those river tables and, you know, a variety of different turning projects. You're not just doing one thing. It looks like you've branched out. You've discovered a style for yourself. Everything looks really amazing. And so I was really surprised to see or to hear that you'd been doing it for only a year. And your Instagram has blown up, too. I know we talked about for a second and I, I want to talk about that later because Instagram is a big issue for me. But first, how did you like who introduced you to wood turning or how did this how did this become a thing? Well, I come from a really long line of cabinet makers. So the fur or the furthest that we can trace it back is about seven generations, but probably goes on further. Um, my great great grandfather and my great great-great-grandfather were both cabinet makers to Queen Victoria, so Queen of England in the 1900s. Wow. So it kind of runs in the family. and it, it So my grandfather is a really talented instrument maker, not luthier, but he makes some really good stuff. Um, and he sort of introduced it to me, and I've sort of, whenever we've been down to see them, I've been around his workshop and helped sweep up. But I really started turning when my dad decided to get a small benchtop lathe to get back into it a little bit. Because uh, he did a little bit at school, just the odd bowl or pen and stuff. But I just really took to it 
and started turning, like I said, hundreds of hours over the lockdowns. And then, yeah, basically just pretty much taught myself. Uh, I've got so many questions. Um, so, I mean, no wonder you got so good so fast. It definitely runs in the blood. And you definitely thrashed my brag of being a third generation metal worker. I always thought that sounded cool. But seventh, that blows me out of the water. So, and your your grandfather is an instrument maker, but not a luthier. So, as I understand it, luthier is guitars, uh, violins... And, you know, all those types of string instruments. So what, what does he make then? Or what's well, the difference? Well, he makes, like, metalworking instruments. Probably should have made that a bit clearer. And Or he did when he was an apprentice. And I'm not really too sure, but he's... Well, I'm a really oh. keen bass player, and he decided to have a go at building me a bass guitar. He's actually built two now. Uh, one electric and one acoustic, and they're really, really good. I'll send you a picture at some point, but, yeah... Yeah, they're oh, really so nice to play. When you said instrument, you didn't mean musical instrument? No, he has made oh, okay. them, but um, like woodworking or metalworking instruments. Uh, I don't know really how to describe it. All right, so yeah, like a tool maker. Yeah, basically. All right, that that makes more sense there. Mm. So that's really cool. So do you, ha- do you have any of your, what did you say, great, 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 the cabinet makers for queen victoria do you guys have Mm. any of their work or how do you know about this um i think it was was the first census in the uk um was sort of went around everyone basically and just took a record of them so we could so they could find out how many people were in the uk and doing what um so we've managed to find those documents and trace it back to them which is the furthest back it can go um but think there are some cabinets in the family that they've made but I'm not we I know we don't have one because I have three younger siblings and it would just get trashed but we've got loads of their hand tools which are you know 100 plus years old but really really nice quality that's just insane I'm taking a European history class so hearing about all that like history stuff really really uh piques my interest that's so the first sense, what year is that? Or if you know offhand or ish. No, you know? somewhere is like 18 something. I'd need to look it up. I can't remember. All right, well, no worries, no worries. So you said you've been spending a lot of time in the shop. You've spent, you know, I mean, when we talked, you said 16 hour days, which I can't imagine. I, I usually yeah, top out at about 10. It Well, I have... Uh, two younger brothers and a younger sister so my sister's only a year younger than me but my youngest brother's seven years younger than me no about that but i think he's wow. eight now um but when well he likes waking up really early so it can be anywhere from about one o'clock in the morning through till seven but he usually wakes me up about six ish half five six so i just wake up eat some breakfast and just go out and turn until lunch well come in for half an hour head back out there until about half five six ish come in eat my dinner go out again turn till half nine ish wow see that's what kills me i can never work after dinner mm-hmm. you know when i eat that's the end of me you must have some like one heck of a of an anti-fatigue mat or something under that lathe because that's insane oh, it's just i don't really want to be around my siblings so mm. it's just yeah quite nice to get out of the house so where do you get enough wood to turn for 16 hours? I feel like you'd go through a tree a day. <laughs> well, I'm sort of I get it from all over the place. There's a really really good supplier near me who has loads and loads of stuff for pretty cheap. Um but I also get the odd bit online uh, and I've recently started getting trees when they've come down. So one of my dad's friend had a really nice old yew tree come down. Uh, and we've just got all of that and I've been making some well personally I think really nice bowls from it just the grains in it's it's just amazing I think you can see them on my Instagram I've been microwave drying them but it's you know to make a salad bowl four to five hours maybe um and yeah it's quite a lengthy process but I can I'm getting better and I've got better tools now which means I can speed myself up but yeah yeah 
And I suppose you said you've been making, you know, a decent amount of money off of it so you can pay for your wood. Yeah, um, I've, I don't know exactly how much I've made, but I've made enough to be able to afford lathe, bounce, or lots of big machinery and get it couriered to me, which is really good. Um, my dad as well, he's been really helpful and sort of driven me down to Clitheroe, which is about two and a half hours away to pick up the bandsaw. Um, but he gets quite a lot of use out of it too, so he's happy. Um, but yeah, um, that's what as well let me start my other business, Blockworks, and just having that backlog of wood and supply of wood that I could just mill some stuff up into blocks and sell it. Yeah, so I had I had um Aiden Knight on last episode which um is going up this Tuesday. So, I, you know, the timeline's a little mixed up, but um he was talking about how he sends his blocks off to be stabilized. So, he's not stabilizing in house. Are you planning on selling stabilized wood or you're going to keep it simple? Yeah, I am. So, I've just invested in a stabilizing system. I think as of the time of recording, I the pump chamber and resin have arrived. I'm just waiting on a toaster oven so I can cure them. Um, but yeah, I'm planning to do all the stabilizing in-house, which will hopefully drop my cost a little bit. But yeah. Just, yeah, for sure. I want to, in the long run, I want to be a sort of one-stop shop, so I'll do native and exotic hardwoods and potentially softwoods, because use softwood, but Mostly hardwoods, stabilized and raw hybrids, and just the whole range. Wow! Yeah, so a proper block seller. You're gonna mm. you're gonna have to talk to Aiden Knight. He's got some competition now. Yeah, I'll have a chapter with him at some point, maybe. But yeah. All right. So with that, you I assume you've been setting up your pump a little bit this past week. Uh, what what else have you been doing this past week? What's what's going on in your shop? Um, just working through some projects which are half finished. I've got a shelf of them. So I've recently finished this small end grain lignum vitae cup, which is tiny. It's only about two and a half inches tall and about an inch and a half diameter. But it took half an hour to hollow it because it's just so dense. And I've also working on a... Oh yeah, I've heard of that about stuff. A, yeah, 16 inch elm platter, which is cool, but... Yeah, just finishing off some old projects. So yeah, a little bit of a, a fiddly week, as I like to call it. Yeah. I've been just... Well, for starters, it's been minus 30 here Ooh. all week. So like yeah. during the week, you know, my shop has a small natural gas heater, which usually keeps it when it's minus 20, like it normally, you know, that's the kind of cold yeah. temperature in the winter. It's It'll keep it at... You know, just above zero, it'll stop things from freezing. But yeah. lately, it has been freezing, and I just and then I've got the wood stove to get it warm in there. But that takes you know an hour or so. So after school, it doesn't make much sense to get in there. It takes an hour to get warm, and then you get to work for two hours or whatever. So finally, it's we've got a five day weekend right now because it's teachers' convention and then family day on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm finally getting into the shop. I'm getting lots done. Um, but I've got this one knife. I've got an 8-inch chef's knife I've been trying to finish up with a slightly different handle than I usually do. Nothing crazy, but just two pieces of wood. And my front bolster piece keeps breaking. I've broken two of them. So yesterday, I, I gave up on it. I just slapped a piece of G10 up at the front there and then fit up a nice simple block of walnut. And we're going to shape that handle up, get it finished up and up on the website today. Then I've got another one I've been I need to take pictures of to get on the website. And then I've forged what I'm I'm calling the ultimate Gyoto, which is, you know, not quite accurate, but I spent a lot of time designing it yesterday, or day before yesterday, and then forging it yesterday. So get this finished up in the next few days. I'm hoping to have some knives. I wanna talk to Kevin from Knifeware and see if we can organize some type of virtual meeting to discuss because I'm really hoping to get my knives in his store to make a, to make as much money as Henry over here, hey? And so well, that's just been my week. Yeah, uh, well, it's probably a little more productive than mine. Like I said, just finishing off some old projects, making some space for stabilizing system. 
because I've well I've recently expanded my workshop uh, just to accommodate more machinery but it's filled up pretty quickly so need to have another organize but yeah that extra space never lasts as long as you'd like does it oh I know we when we moved into the house that we're in now um, it the, one of the first things we did the first summer that we were in we built a big shed in the garden or end of the garden to just yeah accommodate lots of stuff in and a bit of woodwork and then I think we've been in there about six years now five six years and I started to kind of take over a bit with my turning and then once we got the bandsaw we then realized that we're good we're gonna need some I'm sorry some more space um so we then oh it was about two or three months ago now expanded the workshop so basically another third of the space which has just been really really good um except my dehumidifier has been leaking which is annoying but yeah hmm. it's yeah there's so lots of space how big is this bandsaw because the way you've been talking about it i don't know do you follow will stelter um yes i do yeah have you seen his his dual bandsaw yeah it's quite big is, is this what we're is this that's what i'm imagining in your shed right now after you're talking about having to rearrange everything and like get it trucked in how big is this bandsaw it's not huge it's got a quite small footprint but it's got a really big cutting height so i can cut stuff up to about 30 centimeters or about 12 inches um so i think the footprint's probably foot and a half maybe and then the table's about two foot square um but it is about six foot tall oh yeah so that that is a decent sized bandsaw and that is that on a stand it's six feet or it's this whole yeah. thing it sort of has a stand that it comes with which is probably what about foot tall so it's about excluding the stand it's about five foot um so it's a big bandsaw and it's actually been really, really good, especially as I'm preparing a lot of my own timber uh, for turning and also for knife blocks now. But yeah. yeah. So how how long is the blade on that? Uh, it is one eight four five mil. I think it's about a hundred and twelve inches. Oh yeah, that is a that's a decent sized saw. Yeah. I've got um, I've got a. What is, I think it's 73 and a quarter or something inch blade yeah. on this little bandsaw we found up in my grandparents' barn. And it's got a quarter horsepower motor. It can't cut through anything. And the bottom, the drive wheel is like a pulley with rubber in it. And it's sort of like a, a plastic pulley with a rubber in a channel. And mm -hmm. the rubber is cracked and fallen out. So now yeah. I can't use it. The bandsaw is out of commission. I've been chopping up handle blocks with a hacksaw. I just oh. buy a fresh blade to make sure it's cutting sharp and I'm using a hacksaw. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, my bandsaw situation's not ideal, I wouldn't say. Yeah, and I think you need a new, new, uh, what's the word? New bit of rubber on the wheel, new yeah. blade, calibrated a bit and it'll be up and running. And I think we're gonna, we're gonna probably revamp this thing. So we're gonna, we've got a... We've got a half and a three-quarter horse motor, so we don't know which one we'll pick, but toss yeah. a new motor on it, replace that rubber, and um, there's a place here that you can get custom-sized bandsaw blades, so we're going to get something nice for the hardwoods that I'm cutting up and make this yeah. into an actual tool, because right now it's I cut it, it goes faster with the hacksaw now than it did with the bandsaw before. So Yeah, it needs a new blade. Oh, well, no, a... even even with new blades, that uh, that motor just wasn't strong enough. Ah. Uh. I know I've got a I think it's one horsepower and there's a really good bandsaw blade company over here called Tough Saws T-U-F-F -F, and then Saws and they do uh, these bimetal bandsaw blades at custom lengths um, which are just really good like my one horsepower bandsaw cuts through 30 centimeter thick wet U just super nicely really oh, wow. quickly and yeah Three All right, yeah, TPI I'll have to try bimetal. Yeah. You said three? Uh, yeah, three TPI. Um, so it's quite chunky, but oh, it's it's about double the price. It's about 30 quid for a blade. It's maybe 35 $40. But, yeah. 
I never know what to buy in band sublates. There's so many options, so I'm just going to write this down real quick. Mm. Sorry. I think full big ripping, which is what I'm doing with the U, the low TPI is good. Um, for harder woods, generally you want to go with a 6 TPI, um, especially for knife handles. If you just want to do them really quickly, a 3 or a 4, but for probably a better finish, I'd go with a 6. Alright, yeah, I'll look five or a six. Yeah. Five or six. And you said that's the bimetal ones. Um, yes, if you can find them. I don't know if, I think tough saws are one of the only places that do them. Um, any, uh, what is it, M42 blades are good. Um, just whatever you can find, really. And I'm not using it too much, so I'm not too worried about yeah, it. You but. could probably get away with just something relatively cheap. Probably like a tenner. Yeah, good uh, tips, good tips here. Mm. This is because yeah, I look at them and I I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm I'm a knife maker. I, I'm more akin to accustomed to shopping for hammers, so not the yeah. finer points of bandsaw blades. Mm. <laughs> Get well. it? Finer points. Oh. <laughs> See, well. this is a comedy show right here. <laughs> if you need any advice with bandsaw blades, just give me a shout. Same yeah, with anyone listening to the podcast. Be happy to help. You guys hear that? You got a problem with your saws? Contact Henry Lee on Instagram. His in, his thing is in the bio or the description of the show. But make sure you follow him first. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, that's that's what's up. I guess they talked about this on Knife Talk too. I was just listening to. Um. Why do bandsaw like? Bandsaw blades come in all these weird sizes. Why aren't there, you know, there should be two or three standard sizes for bandsaw blades. You shouldn't be buying 73 and a quarter. I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I guess is there are now, especially as there are more companies that are making bandsaws, especially from the older models, they just did one that was just looked about right. Um, but, yeah... It's quite nice with custom sizes that you can just get whatever you want. Yeah. But I guess that's the thing about woodworking tools is they've been around for so long that, you know, back it's got some, like, outdated traditions around them almost that don't seem to work in, you know, how we do things today. Like, if you buy a uh, belt sander, I mean, that's a pretty new tool. They come in, you know, 1x30, 4x36, 2x72, and there's a couple more industrial sizes. But they're they're yeah. they come in regular sizes, you know. But mm. bandsaws have been around for a lot longer, and so, yeah, there's you know you kind of just get what get what you got. Yeah, I know more modern bandsaws will just they'll all be sort of similar size, um, but the older ones are all different. Yeah. And you know what? That's been a real challenge for me as a young maker. Not specifically because I'm young, but just I, I happen to be a young maker with a challenge. And that smooth transition brings me to my next question. Um, <laughs> oh, that was uh, my bad. Uh, so what are some challenges and advantages you've seen as a young maker? So I think one of the challenges is definitely money. Um, you know, I've done really well. But any time I want to buy something or get some wood, it's all coming out of my profits. So I don't think I've taken any money out of my business. For me, it's everything I sell just goes back into it. Um, and I'm just having to, if I want to save up, if I want to get something, I have to save up with my profits and then buy it. But I, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Oh yeah, money money is definitely an issue, um, mm. and well, it's really difficult too because you never know when you're gonna get more money, right? Yeah. Like I'm never sure when the next sale's coming. So like I might get a couple in a row, and I'm feeling really good about it. I've got you know a little pile of money sitting in my bank account, and I'm thinking, well, shoot, you know maybe I should go buy these. I don't know what do kids like to buy these days? Expensive shoes or something. But I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to run out of belts next month and then I won't be able to buy them again because my sales dried up. So trying yeah. to budget and, you know, put that money out slowly has also been a really big issue for me. Yeah. Well, one of the 
reasons that's been well one thing that's been quite good for me is I've sold quite a lot so I've have got a little bit of well I had a little bit of money in the bank uh, I've just spent it on the stabilizing system but um, so if I needed a bandsaw blade I could just plan ahead and because I've spent so much time doing it now I know roughly how much I'm gonna sort of how long a blade might last or how long it's going to be until I need a new bit of or tub of finish or whatever so I can just roughly plan ahead and then think oh no I've got to get a couple of new blades so next time I sell something hopefully it'll be within the next few weeks I'll then use that money to get some blades or whatever yeah see and that's nice I mean I'm making I'm making just enough money to stay where I'm at right so it seems like when I'm looking at my belt supply or my propane tank and I don't know how I'm going to fill it and I I don't know what's going on, then I get a sale and it's like just barely I can put in another order. So right now I'm just, you know, clawing and scratching my way towards, um, I don't know, being able to make more knives. My parents and grandparents are really supportive about, um, like, if I run out of propane and I haven't had a sale in a couple of weeks, they'll fill my tank and they'll help me out and I can pay them back when I have money. But, Which is a huge advantage of being a young maker is that family support. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, yeah, I never have any money at all. So I'm really hoping to get my knives in a retailer or have my Instagram blow up or something. I, you know, I'm hoping that uh, sales will start rolling in. I've lowered the pr prices on my knives a lot, too. That was something that sort of um, cursed me at the beginning. And being young, too, I was kind of naive. And um, and that influence from your family, too. So everything kind of built on it because my first couple sales sold for a lot of money. They paid, you know, really well. They actually paid for the amount of time it took me, which is now, obviously, I've cut that time in almost a quarter. But they paid me a lot for those knives. So I thought, all right, sweet, this is what my knives will sell for. And I, w I got quite a few orders quite quickly, and then they've slowed down all you know, to a trickle now, and I'm selling at about half that price. And um, so, like, I believed that that's what my knives at that time were worth, and now seeing that, you know, those were kind of people being nice and supporting me and almost donating to me more so than simply, you know, a normal customer. And so, yeah. you know, I trying to navigate that business aspect of everything is my biggest challenge mm. I think there's two really interesting points there with family and price like actually my family's been really supportive like especially in the early stages of me doing it you know they've bought stuff for presents for other members of the family and they've bought stuff for them and that and especially through my Etsy shop that allowed me to get my first few sales which really sort of set the ball rolling and I'm now up to about 60 sales which is nice and I'm getting a few sales from random people um, but yeah and then also second point on uh, what was it on uh, pricing is I've adjusted my prices quite a lot so I think my prices were relatively high and I've definitely dropped them also as time has I've got a lot quicker at them, so I used to take me two hours to make a really small pot. Now I can make a big fruit bowl in double the time, which, you know, is more, but I'm getting significantly bigger bowls, uh, especially with a more powerful lathe and better tools. But, yeah. Yeah, so definitely managing that growth and definitely having that family support to help you with that growth is... Um a super huge advantage of being a young maker and the conclusion we come to time and time again and you know I'm almost wondering if we need to retire the question just because we end on the same note every time is being a young maker is awesome uh, don't wait until you're old and crotchety to start something cool and if you're already making something try making something else too just to see what's up with it I mean I'm taking stained glass class at school and man I love that I mean that's the most fun thing ever I like stained glass class more than welding, and I'm a metal worker. I mean, shoot, I'm better at stained glass than I am at welding. So, I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but 
you know, definitely try, try lots of things. I'm reading some jewelry making books and I'm loving it. I'm excited to get to try that eventually. Mm. And well, so, I've, oh, go ahead. No, you go. It's fine, you go. No, mine, mine is a transition to something completely different. Oh, right, okay. Well, I've been, well, actually, how do I phrase this? When I started, I was just making really small, pretty crappy bowls. But I've, over lockdown, I've just been really pushing myself to try and do stuff that's different. And I've made vases, pens, uh, what else? Just loads of different stuff, mallets. And it's all just because I've been really pushing myself, trying to do different stuff. And it's just made me become a significantly better wood turner for because of it and you know I can now turn up to 60 ballpoint pens a day which is well pretty good yeah but yeah yeah production is definitely something that I've been working on as well uh, trying to mm -hmm. trying to just get faster get better and I've, I've mentioned it on the last few episodes but I'm just trying to make my knives fine and I think that's something that goes hand in hand with wood turning you're trying to get your walls to the right thickness and I, I'll bet you anything, your first few projects, like, how thick were those? And just they chunky. Pretty, yeah, they were pretty chunky. Not a great finish on them. Lots of sandpaper and tool marks. Yeah. Yeah. But then by the end, I, like, your, as your walls get thinner and your bowls feel finer, they feel like, you know, they were better made. And, and you got to blow through a couple walls to, to figure out how thin it should be. And so I'm yeah. trying to do that with my knives. I keep trying to make them too thin, and they always come out too thick. <laughs> I'm having a hard time here. Um, well, I've, well, I recently have a potential uh, wall art piece to make for a property developer near me. Um, but he's had a load of trees down, and one of them was quite a sizable holly tree. And a holly really doesn't grow particularly big, but it was about 25 centimeters diameter, so about 10 inches. Um, and he, I got some of that. And holly is probably one of the best woods for turning thin. So my first thin bowl was about 3 mil thick all the way around. I was using light to gauge the thickness. But my next one I got to about 1 mil thick, which was oh, wow. actually really, really good for sort of it. You can't sand it at all, so it's all finish off the tool. And I, I, what, now it's dry because it only takes a day to season. Uh, I am going to hand sand it and give it a bit of oil, but I've been putting that off. Yeah, I mean, a millimeter, I feel like you could flex that with your thumb. Like, if yeah. you push on the sidewall, that's it's, that's crazy. It is quite a small bowl. Uh, I am looking to make a bigger bowl out of it at some point, uh, which I'll get quite thin. I've got my eyes on a really, really nice elm tree at my grandparents, which is completely dead. There are some bees in the top of it, so I can't take it down yet, but it's really, really nice hopefully bird or like burr elm tree so yeah awesome my eyes on that. oh also uh do you hear any white noise coming from my side i just see my like sound bar on the side and it shows there's a little bit of sound it's hearing from me yeah there is hmm. um is that better yeah i think i fixed it all right yeah so earlier i mentioned trying different things and branching out as a maker and I think that's a really good opportunity that young makers have these, er, not these days, but in general, is you've got a lot of time, you've got a lot of creative creativity in your mind, and so you can kind of go to do stuff. And so my sort of hope for my, you know, what I want to do after high school is I want to go to um, an art school. And because they offer things like glass blowing, jewelry making, some of them even offer fine furniture, and, you know, a myriad of, well, not a myriad, pottery, um, a few other things. But having that opportunity to hang out with other makers and learn, you know, other things that I might never get to learn and just to branch out as a maker and as an artist and as a person is sort of what I want to do with my life after I'm done school. And so what are you hoping to do? I mean, I know you're relatively you know, new into this path of woodworking, but do you hope to follow in your ancestors' footsteps and become, you know, a great woodworker, or are you going to go be uh, a doctor or something? Um, I really don't want to be stuck in some kind of desk job 
every day if I just couldn't bear it. I really want to become a woodworker or have something to do with wood, you know, whether it's a professional turner, cabinet maker, joiner, even supplier, just something within that because my passion is to do with wood, anything to do with it really. And yeah, I would like to continue with it. Oh yeah, and I and you're younger than most people we have on here. The average age is probably like sixteen, seventeen up there. So, you know, when I usually ask people this, this is people getting ready to graduate here. Now, you you've got a couple minutes to think about this, and if your business keeps growing at the rate that it has over the past year, I mean, you could definitely go on to do to do great things. So, yeah. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what you do. Now, some of the qu- answers I get to this question, I mean, I get answers all across the map. This is my very favorite question of the show. I've had people say, yeah, I want to keep this as a hobby. I've had people say, sure, I want to go to school for it, or I'm just going to build my business. And then I've had people say, like, I had LJ Liam Penn on here, and he's got a dual citizenship with America and Finland. And so he says, All right, well, I got to go do my months in the Finnish military first, and then we'll see what I do. And that caught me so off guard. So go check that episode out. That episode was... Oh, definitely will. That was a good one. Mm. Um, now, that's the far future, though. I mean, for you, that's like four years. For me, that's three years. So yeah. that's far. What about, what about soon? What's the next tool you're looking at? You've got the bandsaw. You've got the lathe. What's next for you? Um. Well, I've just bought a stabilizing system, but... The next thing is a chainsaw and a mill for my chainsaw. Um, so I think I'm probably looking at a still, either MS500i or a 660-661, something along that kind of line. Basically, I just want to be able to chop up a tree and mill it into big sort of thick planks from 2 to probably 5 inches thick. Now, two inches thick will make my small platters or knife blocks, uh, three inch, four inch salad bowls, and then four to five inch fruit bowls, and hmm. um, and just sort of that range. And I can dramatically increase the amount of wood that you'd get from a tree. Really? Yeah, I'm sure you could. Mm. So, is when you say like a mill, you mean those big? It's called like a conveyor belt and like a big saw blade that goes across and you push your wood through and it chops it into uh, into boards oh that's like a professional level mill or well some hobbyists have them but you can get like personal sized ones what i'm gonna go for is an alaskan mill so it attaches to the chainsaw and you use the chainsaw to mill the tree up what yeah have a look at them um i'm planning to build one because they're really expensive um but yeah, Alaskan mill or chainsaw milling. Oh, no way. I, I just looked that up. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm, yeah, really cool. I saw this cool video on this Russian guy freehand milling. Um, but that probably took quite a lot of practice. Oh, man. These are only a few hundred bucks, too. I should get one. <laughs> I never use it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. I can't believe well, that's I'm, a thing. I'm looking for one that's probably going to be a... I think 42 inch, so it's quite big. I get trees up to about a meter. So, yeah. So for you guys who can't see this, because, uh, I mean, most of my listeners are knife makers, so you guys have no idea. You're you're like me. But it's almost this bracket that holds the chainsaw, and then there's kind of two rails that it rides on, and it's, it's stood up in the ground. So you put your tree down on the ground, and you put the chainsaw on the bracket in front of it, and you sort of slide it across the rails all the way across. So you get nice flat boards. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It would just mean I could be able then, I could then process a tree that comes down to big thick boards, take the boards back to my workshop, and then just cut bits off when I need them, and just, yeah, process it like that. That's really, that's that's a pretty cool next tool. I've never... Like, no one ever says chainsaw. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able... Like, how do your parents feel about you using a chainsaw? Because... Um, I don't think my mum is particularly up to the idea, but uh, are the people who we bought our house off, they're... Uh, they live, like, two doors down now. They built a house for themselves oh, there. Cool. 
Um, but their son does a lot of, uh, what is it, firewood? He's in the firewood business, and he's really, really good with a chainsaw. So he's agreed to teach me how to use a chainsaw safely and help find wood for me, and then I'll sort of labor for him for free. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good deal. And that's another nice yeah, thing definitely. about being young is people are really willing to help you out for sure. Yeah, that's... Well, it's been quite hard for me because I've been doing this pretty much in lockdown. So I haven't sort of fully experienced that. But the people that I have have been really willing to help. Loads of advice. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just ask because, I mean, I'm allowed to run around in my underpants with an angle grinder. But, like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be allowed to run a chainsaw yet either. Although, to be honest, mm. I've only seen a chainsaw run a few times. So I, I wouldn't know where to start. But yeah, that's oh, I can't get that mill out of my head. That thing is cool. And you know, if that's... you ever come over to the, if you ever come over to the UK, hopefully I'll have it by then, so you can come and have a look at it. Yeah, you'll have to show me how that works. Because as yeah. a knife maker, when I imagine mill, I'm imagining a you know a giant metal mill, with the, and you know end mills. Everything to do with milling just has the word mill in it, so it's hard to describe. But you know what I'm talking about, like a machinist machinist tool. And so I was a little confused at first, but no, that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. My next tool. My next tool. I don't. I don't actually have any idea. I mean, like I said, I don't have any money. Uh, I still need a file guide, but those are like two hundred bucks, so it's kind of hard to get around to it. Uh, I've just got a hardened piece of O1. I use one sided, and. Um, I've been using that to fit up my bolsters. Oh, see, I gotta be careful not to use too many knife making words. I'm used to having knife makers on here. We just talk, talk in words no one understands. But you're you're a little different, eh? So, this is. Oh, that's not good. All right. So, um, he got kicked out of here. I'm going to just end the episode right here, and we'll see if I want to pick it up later thank you guys all for listening i'm sorry for the abrupt ending and um until next time keep making right, guys keep listening. so for once it wasn't my fault that the internet dropped it usually it usually is me but i switched from the desktop to the laptop and i haven't had problems since so henry you, you messed it up yeah no worries no worries it's all good uh his internet cut out for a minute there so we're back and we're trying to pick it up where we left off but I don't remember exactly where we left off. It's been a few minutes of fiddling. So we're going to pick it up from... I know you've been in lockdown, you know, for most of the time that you've been um, working, but I assume that, you know, there have been little little sections of actually going to in-person school at that time. And managing that balance between getting into the shop and doing school has been... A struggle for me for a long time and I think it's something that a lot of people probably have uh, trouble with so how have you been managing that work school balance yeah so well we've been out of school most of the time since March last year I think uh, we did go back to school just before Christmas uh, for about a term half a term um, but all of the rest of that's been remote learning now when I was in school it was kind of wake up in the morning, go to school, come back, turn, or make stuff, and then, but, well, since we've been in lockdown and online learning, I've found it quite hard to balance it. Now, I am between two houses, because my parents are divorced, so at my mum's house, I find it a bit easier, because I don't have a workshop here, so I try to do as much of the admin and stuff like that as I can uh, when I'm here, but when I'm at my dad's house, which is where my workshop is, I'm finding that quite hard, and I'm spending a lot of time uh, just turning and doing stuff when I should probably be doing my schoolwork. But, yeah. I don't know, how have you been finding it? Oh, man. Uh, well, I have a really easy time when we're on online, which has been, you know, the end of last year, and then we did it for a short time before Christmas. So we did about a month this year so far of online school and it's great because I can usually finish around you know noon to maybe two o'clock I'll get finished and then I can go straight to work instead of having to come home have a snack and then go to work you know whereas so I can 
I can get a lot more work done during the week. I can blast through my school without wasting time. And I get an extra hour of sleep. So I have a really easy time working during online school. But during during uh, in-person classes where I'm not getting home until 4 and then I, what, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to leave the house to go to the shop until 4, I have a lot more trouble with it because I got to do some chores. You know, I have, I have a couple friends um, and all of that sort of, sort of um, gets in the way during the week. Now on the weekend, I usually work, you know, I'll work 10 hours a day every day on the weekend or at, at least eight. I like, I like to work a, what, not nine to five, eight to six is kind of my favorite work schedule. Um, yeah. Well, okay, nine to six, yeah, depending on when I wake up. During the summer, I plan on working a lot more, especially because I can drive starting in July, which is going to be yeah. super nice. Mm. Um, Can't wait till I can drive. But I also play, sp- oh yeah, oh yeah, you're 14. Well, how yeah. old do you have to be there to drive Ooh, um, by yourself? By myself, I think it's 18, uh, might be 16, oh. maybe 17, I can't remember. Between 16 and 18. Yeah, here you get... Oh, yeah, so it's similar. Here here you get a learner's permit at 14, so you can drive with your parent, which is what I have, which, you know, it's nice to practice, but it doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I'm taking driver's ed right now, which is boring um Mm -hmm. my last lesson was the steering wheel like one sentence they actually told me was the steering wheel is used to change the direction of the vehicle which is a real game changer for me oh yeah but um then when you turn 16 you can drive by yourself so Mm -hmm. i'm excited i'm excited i have a couple friends that can drive so that's that's been exciting now i feel like a real teenager i gotta say (laughs) Yeah, but, I know. I can't wait till uh, I can drive. Yeah, it's 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 that's the biggest struggle for me as a young maker is not being able to drive when I want to go somewhere, when I need something, or just when I feel like going to work. Like uh, yesterday and the day before, the car's battery was frozen, even though it was plugged in. So, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to work. I got yeah. I got to work around noon yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, um. And yeah, my work school balance though is terrible. I I just sort of uh, struggle my way through it and hope that I get a little bit of both done. Yeah, it's my it's definitely my biggest issue. There's some people like, and especially if your you know, house or your shop is at your house, that helps. Mm. But you know, for me, the nice shop is worth it to drive five minutes to the shop. Yeah, because that yeah. shop is so sweet. One thing which I've found is, well, we have live lessons, sorry, we have live lessons which take up a huge amount of time. We have, we're supposed to be sort of 50-50 live lessons and just do work, but it's five live lessons a day, so we sit there and listen to the teacher talking for an hour, 55 minutes, then we have an hour's worth of work, and then we have homework on top of that, and not many people are getting all of it done and there's sort of quite a lot of people at this school but it's just really mental and i've been constantly getting moaned at by teachers for not finishing work and i just can't be bothered with it anymore but yeah oh man yeah i know last year when they sent us home in such a hurry you know it was the beginning of covid no one knew what to do um our teachers would send us all of our work on monday and they'd recommend what you should do each day, and then everything was due on Friday. Yeah. And so I would, you know, spend the whole day Monday, and then half days Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'd be done. Mm. And that was super nice. Then this year, they were kind of prepared to send us home, and so they kept us on the bell schedule, where, yeah. you know, you do... And we're on a four-period schedule right now. Mm-hmm. We only have three classes a day. So it was, you know, you had to sit there almost right up until three. But I had gym all afternoon, so I and my gym teacher said that blacksmithing counted as physical activity, so that was really sweet. Um, I got my gym marks for going to the shop. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which was good. I've been doing in all my Although I'm lessons pretty... and games lessons, or whatever. I've just been going out into workshop and just making stuff. Yeah, yeah. Although I do, like, I'm pretty big into sports. I've been into basketball lately, so missing out on those actual gym classes were. I was pretty sad. 
I tried to retake uh, phys ed 10, but my gym, they wouldn't let me. So then I tried to tell the gym teacher to fail me so I could take it again. But then he said no to that too, because um, I'm too good, I guess. So I was a little bit sad, but it's mm-hmm. fine. I have art instead, yeah. which will be well, nice, on... especially because I'm trying to get into art school, but I can't yeah. draw. Well, good luck. But yeah. Now, one... speaking of, I mentioned that I, I do sports and you know, I have friends and stuff. I do the teenagery things. What do you do outside of school or outside of work? Um, so I'm quite a keen bass player and I do a little bit of drumming as well. My dad's a really good drummer. Um, I took guitar lessons for quite a while, classical guitar. I was always crap at it, never practiced. But I picked up a bass guitar and just loved it. Um, yeah, I think I have about three now. But... So I'm quite a keen bass oh. player. I also really like cricket. So my dad as well, really good cricketer. Um, but that's all been cancelled because of COVID. It was a bit of a shame because I'm sort of getting better now, especially as I'm getting older and taller. So I can bowl a lot quicker and more accurately. But yeah, uh, that's kind of what oh, I like yeah. doing. Cricket. Yeah, we don't really have cricket here at all. Yeah. I mean, we've got baseball. Mm-hmm. But cricket is cricket is kind of cool, yeah. Um, and yeah, I I definitely feel you. COVID with the sports. I mean, this was the year that I wanted to start playing sports outside of school. So I was actually going to play volleyball and basketball. I wanted to go try out for teams, and you know, obviously none of that. Actually, we didn't get any basketball at school. We got to practice volleyball at school, but no games, just practice, which I was yeah. I was fine with. I was pretty excited to get something, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to play sports, and next year I can drive. So we live about an hour from, you know, the next kind of major city. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it is the capital of the province, but it's not that about a million people. Yeah. So I'm almost hoping to try and go play on a team in the city next year because I can drive mm-hmm. myself there. And so yeah. that'll just take away more knife making time, though. So we'll see where I am there. It all comes back mm-hmm. to that balance of trying to get into the shop and do things you like and. I, I struggle with it because I love doing everything, man. Um, yeah, so. Well, and my then, sister you know what? is... A, I wanted... You go. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, my sister is a really, really good hockey player, field hockey. Um, and she is playing... Oh, God, what is it? Regional level now. So she's playing for the north of England, which is where I am. So she's... Actually, yeah, pretty good. But she's oh, wow. really struggled with this lockdown and just not being able to play and see her friends. But, yeah, I've quite liked it. I've just done loads of turning. Yeah, I haven't had a, I haven't had much of an issue getting into the shop. Lockdown's what allowed me to start selling. It sounds like it's what allowed you to get into it. So it's a unique opportunity for makers. Yeah. But that social, you know, losing that social interaction is definitely a big issue for... Uh, teenage and kids like you know while you're trying to grow up and learn how to interact with people around you and like they keep giving us presentations on this at school and stuff is Mm -hmm. yeah as you're trying to develop and learn who you are and who other people are uh, losing a year or over a year of social interaction is really rough on you so we'll see we're gonna have just a big anti-social generation coming up here we'll see where we are in 10 years I've but I think it's a big issue for kids and like teenagers like us, young young people. But at least we have a shop to get into. Yeah, I know. I don't know how people have survived by just sitting at their games consoles all day, just gaming. Oh, I know. Can't get my head around it. And I've barely spoken to anyone this past year. You know, I did have a bit of school where I spoke to some people, and during that time, I've the sort of the month running up to Christmas when we were at school, I was selling primarily pens. I think I sold one bowl, maybe two bowls. Um, yeah, about two bowls, but the rest pens, and I must have sold two hundred pens quite easily. Um, but I made just around two and a half thousand pounds in about a month, and I've that's really helped improve my sales techniques. And you know, I was getting out of ten people that were interested, or that sort of I don't know. Ten people that I went up to to try and sell a pen, seven were interested, and then five or six would buy one, and that's a pretty good rate for selling. And I'm pretty sure I yeah, sold a pen really to good. pretty much everyone. 
Well, like kids at school or like teachers? Both. Uh, so loads wow. to kids at school, quite a few to teachers. But yeah. Although I guess it's kind of hard to sell knives to kids at school. Yeah. Especially, not, you know, a two or $300 knife isn't, isn't exactly what people want. <laughs> no. Well, one thing which I've found has been really effective as a good sales tip here. Now, if I'm trying to, say, sell you a pen that I want to sell for 20 quid, I'd be like, right, it would be 25 because you're my mate, I'll do you 20. And they think... Oh great, I'm oh, getting yeah. a discount And you're just selling it for the same price Just a few extra words And then you'll sell it instead of not And that's been Whoa, really, that's, really That's effective. shady I'm sure that helps, yeah Oh yeah That is that is a good technique You guys hear that? Tell them I'll, I'll sell you a knife for You know or Give them a bigger discount Tell them it's a exactly. $600 knife And then sell it to them for three oh, Half off, that's too crazy too cheap though You've you got to balance it, you know, it's like, right, I've got this $400 knife, but because you're my mate, I'd, I'd do you 300 as a, or maybe go 350 yeah, and, knock and then just go a little bit lower to 300 or something, but, yeah, it's very oh, effective. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's real, that's real good. And with that, with trying to sell stuff comes branding, and I've been looking at your Instagram, and it seems like it's more of you're branding yourself as a person selling bowls. Whereas, you know, I, I'm branding myself, I've got a logo, I've got, I try to keep everything really clean cut and modern and, and white and black is what I, is kind of the pattern or the, the theme that I really like. My website is bright and clean and, you know, it doesn't have a lot of extra stuff I like and that's an aesthetic that I try to continue through everything. And that's how I'm branding myself is as a brand. But then you brand yourself. You got to add that personal touch in. And that's where that handmade comes from. Whereas you, it seems like you're, you know, deeper onto that handmade side, which I feel like also comes hand in hand with wood, which is so natural that it almost, you know, comes off personal. Whereas yeah. metal is kind of an impersonal material. If that makes I, sense. One of the things that I've really tried to do is make it quite personal. So in every package I send out, I write a little note just to say thanks. If it's sort of a bigger bowl, I might just chuck in a pen, just because I can do a pen in nearly seven to ten minutes. And it's two fifty for a pen kit, maybe two quid for a pen kit. Bit of time in ten fifteen minutes, and it just sort of really makes that per makes it really personal. And I know in some of the recent uh, wood orders I've just sent out, so selling bits of wood, I've just chucked in a pen, because, you know, one day I might just go out and in the morning turn 30, 40 pens, and then, you know, there's 30, 40 orders ready to go and send out, and it just really makes it yeah. personal, and people want to come back again and again. But, yeah. And I ordered from uh, Ben, Ben, I believe his last name is Perkins, Ben Makes on Instagram. Yeah. Um. I hate to like ask just because you guys live in the same country, but are you familiar with him? Uh, he's no, a, he's I'm a not. British kid. He's doing jewelry and stuff. Yeah, he's. I think uh, he's down in Surrey or something, somewhere like that. Somewhere down south. I'm not really sure. I've only come across him vaguely, okay. but yeah. Um, oh, well, on on Instagram, I'm part of this group called Young Tradesmen of Instagram, which is sort of there's a couple of wood turners electricians plumbers uh, carpenters and it's actually really nice to be able to talk to people my age who are doing this kind of thing and i i don't know if there's something similar to do with knives that you have or yeah i'm in a couple i'm in a couple chats but i'm not very active i'm i'm bad at group chats though yeah i'm i have but i know on whatsapp i have one group chat which actually isn't for my class. I'm not in the one for my class, but I'm in the one for a different one. It's a bit weird, but... Yeah, got a bit off topic. Well, whatever gets the job done. But I guess uh, the thing about Ben's stuff was I ordered... Um, he does, like, this precious metal clay, and it's, so it's silver with, an, with like, an, a leaf imprint on it, and we ordered it for my grandma for Christmas, and she loves it. It was super nice. He did a great job. And um, it comes in this nice little jewelry box, which he wraps up in this brown paper and then ties with twine. Yeah. So the whole view is like rustic and elegant and simple. Mm -hmm. And then he puts in his business card 
and you know everything is just really nice and well thought out and so all that branding work all comes together that's another real challenge for me is well actually it's that's not the challenge but the challenge is getting money to invest in that because if you want custom packaging or you know buy a hundred business cards that's a pretty solid investment to put in all at once yeah well but i eventually would like to get packaging and everything set up for myself stickers stuff like that one thing which was quite nice is my dad's sister my aunt she got me some business cards i think 500 business cards for christmas and i've just been chucking one of them in with each of my packages i'm sending out just to well people can hopefully keep the card and then find me again if they want another if they want to purchase something else yeah, I mean, that's the way to go. So I need to get some business cards and then eventually I really just want to make myself like a sweatshirt with my logo on it and a coffee mug and stuff. I don't know if I'd be able to. I'm not famous enough to sell merch, but having something just seems like a cool thing. Yeah, like, I, I really like my logo, too. Yeah, it's a cool logo. I think I need to but, rebrand. But yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, once you find that that kind of logo and stuff that's that was the hardest part i still need a touch mark but i think i'm just going to use that simple ais with the knife yeah. well, i guess that's not on my instagram but i'm going to use that as a touch mark i'm thinking mm-hmm. and that's another expense yeah that's at least 100 150 bucks for a custom stamp yeah so it all i mean young makers young making making just costs money man yeah but if... it's definitely worth it i mean i have nothing else i'd rather spend my money on Exactly. I'd probably just end up spending it on something useless like food or I don't even know what I'd spend it on. But it's nice to have an outlet and I'm, I know I'm doing something that makes me money. I love doing it and not many other people are doing it. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. And with that, I suppose we're about at the end of the episode. I don't know exactly how many minutes that is, but that's got to be about an hour, maybe a little yeah, bit. A little bit more. So I'd like to first thank you, Henry, for coming on. On actually pretty, you know, really short notice. Everything came together nicely. So I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for the great conversation. It was an excellent episode. And, you know, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Now, I always like to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom. Now, I never like to say the words of wisdom. I like to just spring it on my guest at the last minute with no planning. So, Henry, here's your chance to leave the guests with some some words of wisdom. What you got? Well, now, I knew you were going to say this, but I couldn't really come up with uh, anything. Uh, I've listened to a few episodes, but I think it does sort of go into both knife making and wood turning as well, but just don't skimp on finishing really get out all the scratches with your sandpaper and do it right because if you're selling a bowl that has loads of scratches in versus a bowl that has you know even if it's a slightly more but it doesn't have any scratches in everyone's going to generally pick up the bowl slightly more but doesn't have any scratches in just because it's nicer nice to hold and nicer to look at really just yeah make sure you do your sanding right really it's not really wisdom you know what it's it's not wisdom but it's fantastic advice don't skimp on fit and finish it's no matter how much work you put in on the basic stuff that fit and finish is what's going to sell it and it's what's going to get people coming back it's what's going to get people posting about how beautiful it is on their instagram and that's where your sales are coming from so you know what a little bit unorthodox for my usual words of wisdom but i think that's just as wise as anything we've heard before And it's a great note to end off the show. Thank you, Henry. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Okay, I know it's been every second week lately, but I'm really really working on... We're going to have two episodes in a row right here. And then I'm hoping to have Sam Smith on again. And we're going to, you know, talk about this. We're going to hopefully get episodes out every week to you guys. So I'm sorry for the inconsistency up to this point. But hopefully going forward, it'll be smooth sailing. So thank you guys for sticking with us as I've struggled to put out episodes. And thank you guys for listening to this one. 
Thank you to the Makery Craig for putting it together. And guys, go check out the other shows. My recommendation for this week is check out the House or what's that? Work for it podcast with Brian House. I've got an episode on there, and his rec- he's got a recent episode where all right, don't check it out if you guys are very religious. I mean, you won't enjoy the joke, but if you're not too worried about that stuff, you're a little bit more lax. Definitely check it out. He's got an episode where he's got the best bit on the makery, sticks with it, and he's talking to God when he almost died while he was had sick with the flu. So definitely go check that episode out and the other episodes. Work for it is great, along with other such greats as Knife Talk, Handmade, um, and all the other shows on the makery. There's some new ones. There's a woodworking one. If you enjoyed listening to Henry and his woodworking exploits, go check out. Oh, no. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a new woodworking show. So go check that one out. It's great. And that is all my thank yous and goodbyes. So until next time, keep making, keep listening. Night.